but the game was different, right? The the, the rules was different. The ball oh, was the Euro, different. The like, Euro, the Euro style is different in America. The Euro style was a lot different in America. <laughs> That's the Especially, first time y'all seen that Euro step too, huh? Absolutely. Hello, my name is Julian Becco. I'm the director, founder, and head coach at Get Better Academy in Czech Republic. Hey, coach, Hello, it's great to have you here, my guy. Um, it's it's really a, a pleasure. Um, I've known you for for quite some while now, um, longer than longer than I care to to, to recall. Um, we've had some really great times and. Um, very fortunate to have you here on the show. And um, while I have you here, I'd just like to say, I, I you know, I, I really appreciate having you as a as a, a mentor and a big brother and someone that I can get on the phone and um, really appreciate our relationship and our, our, you know, our professional and our personal relationship. So uh, really happy to have you on the show today. Um, glad to be here, Danny. You know, you are, uh, you're a great guy and I'm glad that you're trying to help other young and up and coming players by doing the right thing and give them the right information. So glad to be here, man. Appreciate it. So just real quick, doesn't have to be too in depth. Um, can you give us a, a brief overview of, uh, your coaching experience? Um, yeah, after I finished my playing career, which was about 12 hours, uh, 12 years ago, uh, <laughs> pardon me. <laughs> um, I've coached for a year in professional basketball in Slovakia, um, and then I've moved myself to Spain uh, for two years, where I've coached in the academy um, that was kind of focusing on development and promotion of players. Um, and in 2013, I've started my own academy, Get Better Academy in Czech Republic, and I've been doing it ever since. Um, I, I found my calling in, in doing very similar things that you're trying to do uh, by working with um, the future and trying to do it the best um, we possibly can. So that's what has been happening uh, in GBA. And uh, I'm very happy about where we are and what we're doing and how many players we were able to help. Perfect, Coach. I love it. Um, and for those who aren't familiar with um, Julian's uh, background as well, um, as well as playing, you know, national team, played for Clemson um, and played for Butler under um, coach Brad Stevens. So uh, playing career is pretty good and, and coaching career is just as awesome. So um, some real, you know, looking for some great information coming up. Um, Throughout your years, coach, how 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 many players roughly would you say you've helped send to um, the the states to play college ball? Um, yeah, I would I would probably put it in two different groups. Um, in Spain, I coached and, and and developed probably over twenty players that went to. Um, NCAA basketball in two years that I was there. Now I was not directly involved in looking and searching for those opportunities. Now in GPA in last six years alone, we've sent near 50 players to the American basketball and I was directly involved with their development as well as uh, promotion and, and trying to recruiting process and trying to find them the best place that suited them for their success. and. Uh, so altogether, I was involved with 70, but 20 more of uh, developing their skill set and 50 um, overall, you know, the whole package as far as development and placement. 
Man, that's that's a lot. That's a lot of guys. Um, why do you think that the US system was preferential for those players in particular? Like, why you know why did you why did they go to the to the US system? Well, I think it's very individual. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why people choose to go that direction. Um, some of them, um, you know, they don't have the opportunity in their countries to to properly develop professionally for whatever reasons, whether it's the lack of uh, playing time, lack of uh, resources or lack of coaching or lack of opportunity overall. Um, some of them go there because their families and value education and despite the pluses and minuses of American system, the number one thing they do have and they are way ahead of the Europe is how to put together a support system to educate player and, and let him graduate with the university degree and at the same time try to play, um, if not the highest, at least a high level basketball. So I think that's the driving factor of everybody. and. Not to mention that America is still the number one country in basketball and, and it's the mecca of basketball and it's very attractive for young and uh, aspiring players. So I think everybody has their own reasons, but overall, those are like the main ones. Perfect. I like that. Um, I, I, I would definitely agree with you. Um, can you break down the types of players that you've helped send to college basketball? Well, all kind of different types, you know. I, I think that more than talking about it, the, the 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 types is 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 um, you have to separate yourself because um, obviously the, the the game is different in Europe than it is in America. And um, without hurting anybody's feelings, it's, it's more athletic, it's faster, it's stronger. You are in American high school system now, so you understand it very well. Um, so you have to compensate. You know, you cannot teach a player in a year to jump higher by. 40 centimeters, but you can teach him certain things to uh, to make up for that, you know, uh, and um, the game IQ would be one. And um, obviously um, that's in Europe, I think, a little bit at a higher level than let's say high school. Um, but um, it's not necessarily the type, it's maximizing your own potential and then obviously fitting into what every coach wants. And every coach wants um, a lot of different things because they have different systems and different style of play. But uh, the, the common the common repetitive um, the word that I, I, I've been asked for is uh, toughness. You know, is the player tough? Can he handle coaching? Can he handle a tough situation? Can he handle change of culture and whatever the situation might require? Um, that's that's tough is really the, the common denominator of all, all, all coaches. The other thing is obviously athleticism, but that's, you know, that's where um, a lot of American coaches that do understand, um, they, they will not pressure it too much, you know, because if you just want an athlete, um, then you have it you have it over there. In you abundance, know? yeah. Uh, why are you recruiting a Euro kid if you're looking for an athlete? So I think uh, you, you it's, it's a combination. You have to be, you know, you cannot be unathletic. You're not going to survive the American game. However, if you have a decent athleticism, you don't have to be a world-class athlete. If you put IQ, toughness and skill to it, then you have a pretty good chance to be recruited. Uh, yeah. That and that's what most of the players that, that I was able to assist Okay. Most of the players that I was able to coach or develop or help to get there were those type of combinations. Mm, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, is there a specific position that gets recruited more than the other? You know, what's the what 
uh, what position gets called up all the time? Well, um, you know, clearly it's, it's, it's the same everywhere, you know. Um, too many guards in the world, you know. Uh, so basically, you know, back in the day, I would say 10, 15 years ago, the answer would be the bigs. Um, you know, everybody wants the bigs. There's just not enough bigs. However, I think the times are changed. And besides saying that the bigs get recruited over the guards, um, you know, yeah, there, it's true. Uh, there's so many guards in America that the preferential, you know, position is um, the big. But I think it has changed, and it's 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 positional size. To be honest, you know, do you, if you have a six six point guard, he's a point guard, but everybody wants that. So mm-hmm. positional size is more important than the position. Uh, at the moment and, and you know we are in an era where it's the positionless basketball has become uh, a phenomena and I think it's only going to continue so um, it's not necessarily about the position but about your position of size and then skill set as I mentioned already okay um, as a coach what qualities should a player have in order to get recruited well qualities uh, we've mentioned some of them okay you have to have the position of size you have to have a decent athleticism you have to have the skill set. Mm-hmm. Obviously, compete with the Americans. You have to have the game IQ. That is a big plus for you. Uh, and then, and then toughness. If I would name five, those are the five that that you would have. And obviously, work ethic and uh, character is the six and seven. And some coaches prefer three over the four of the others. But I think those seven would hit pretty much most of the top list qualities that the coaches look for. Now. Would you say that you can get recruited not being a you know not being a great basketball player but having an abundance of the rest of the attributes? So you know you're really tough, you're competitive, um, you've got some size, but you you haven't got a great IQ and you can't really you know your skill set isn't there. Can you succeed having those things? Can you get recruited that way? Yes. Um, yes, the answer is yes. Uh, however, um, you know, it's like from the movie Dumb and Dumber, you know, do I have a chance? Uh, one in a million, so I have a chance, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, anybody can get recruited. Okay. But uh, to be honest with you, Danny, um, the, the truth is, the truth is, yes, you can get there. However, uh, with a thousand universities plus minus there are in America offering scholarships, um, very few are looking for the right piece to the puzzle. There are some, you know, the coach that just has all the superstars or has the team build and needs character guy, needs a, you know, a lot of those guys that you mentioned, you know, they, they are the role guys, you know. Uh, let me get you uh, to do this role and plug you in. There is coaches that understand to build a team from the pieces of the puzzle. Uh, however, a lot of those schools are looking for the next superstar. And if the coach is recruiting the next superstar and you are this type of kid, you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to impress him. But um, I think that there are places in America and there are coaches in America that understand the value of, like you said, extreme character, work ethic, toughness, uh, certain skill and, and, and the guy that will do whatever it takes to win. Because at the end of the day, some coaches then understand winning and want to build the team the right way, understand that those players are important. and. In America, whether we want it or not, everything is about winning. Mm, very true. Very, very, very true. Um, 
from the you know vast range of players that you've helped send over um, to the states, um, is there a common skill set? You know, is there something that the majority of them, if not all of them, have been able to do? Well, most of them, like I said, very few of those seventy kids we've helped could match the top athletes in America. That's just the truth. Okay, there were some athletic guys among the group, but the majority of them were just average to a low level athletes in American measures. There's just so many athletes in the United States that, um, you know, again, it's the compensation um, and and the common um, common compensation for the athleticism or lack of it in American measure is your skills and primarily uh, your shooting. Everybody's okay. looking for shooters, you know, people that people that can stretch the floor, right? So I have my three American dynamite guys that can get the paint touch. Uh, or the rim many times. So what's going to happen is people are going to collide the paint and that's where, you know, you need shooters. So if you can put the ball in a basket from three-point line frequently and you can um, do it in a relocation, you can, you have a proper footwork or even create your own shot, which is obviously an American type or L, uh, American segment of the game, um, you can be very, very valuable. I would even say if you have a position of size and you have incredible three-point shot you are already valuable to a lot of places okay that's i mean that's a hey, that's great um to think about um because you know there's going to be a lot of kids that are you know hey i'm a guard i'm a big or whatever but yeah if you can shoot from your position and i guess defending would be another aspect as well uh as well as scoring being able to defend your position okay. If you if you if you can shoot the ball at a very high rate, all you have to do is be able to contain your position. You know, if you can guard your position and shoot the ball at a high rate, you will be wanted. Yes, defense is a bit, and and you know, defense is something that people ask besides toughness. As I've mentioned, the seven important uh, things that coaches always ask for. You know, I I, um, I didn't talk about defense, but one of the questions I get a lot is, can he defend? Especially if we talk about guards. Can he defend American guards? You know, can he stay in front of the ball? Can he pressure the ball? Like, can he do those things? Uh, I think with bigs is not as important as far as you know. In as long as you big and you work, you'll fight the bigs, and then they'll teach you how to contain the guard. But if you are a guard looking to go um, to play in America, you cannot be the guy that gives up paint touches in two dribbles. You know, if you do that frequently in practice, don't talk to don't talk about scholarship. It's very simple. <laughs> I like it. Um, I like it. Um, what's the first step in a player getting recruited to college? Be good enough. Okay. <laughs> That's the first. Um, <laughs> Be good enough. There is more to it, but obviously, if you're not good enough, what is promotion going to do for you? Okay. It's it's gonna ruin your. And how, and how would you your, know? How, how would you know if you're good enough? Like how, in the grand scheme of things. So I'm a, a kid in um, Austria in a small club, and I'm killing it in my little domestic league. And my coach thinks I'm amazing. Um, so I believe I'm good enough. Like how would I know I'm good enough? Um. Well, you hit the jackpot with that question because there is so many disillusioned players um, in Europe 
that the the list the list is very very long they are the kings of their castles uh, but in reality they are nowhere near to be good enough to go to scholarship so i think you're mixing two questions together but to answer how would you know if i'm good enough it's like first like do the people around you understand that's the first question if they don't uh, then try try to find out the truth seek the people that understand and hopefully they will tell you the truth you know i mean it's incredible over the years that i've been involved um whether it was in spain or in gba how many parents and players and people come through us and and they completely do not understand the reality now it is not my job it is not my job to 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 break it down that they are away from reality what we trying to do here is to break it down to a point is what you think you are you are not right now but if you do this this and this in the upcoming months or years you can be that Mm. And then we'll try to explain why that, you know. So mm. that's how we look at it. You know, we don't want to ruin anybody's dream. Um, I think believing is very important to any process in life. So um, we try to tell them the truth, but at the same time, trying to say, hey, if you do this, this, and this, you might get there. Mm. I like. I respect that. I like that. Um... Can you suggest why an international player would get recruited over a domestic player? Well, it's a great question. He has to be better than the domestic player. Now, there's a piece of luck that can go into this because everybody has certain recruiting opportunities and recruiting budgets. And, and you know, all you have to do is, you know, um, there's there's just this luck part right if a head coach sees you somewhere and you show him what he wants it's done now if you perform one time and the assistant sees it it's not a done deal mm-hmm. you know you have to can be you have to be consistent which is what all the coaches wants from their players right be consistent in your approach and in your performance in your uh, character in your work ethic in your you know whatever um so if you are consistent is a first step to um to be recruited because if you're inconsistent it goes vice versa you know you might be good for three games and then you are bad for two but what if the head coach sees you on that bad day That's a, mm-hmm. it's done so and kids don't understand it and i think we we here uh, you know we try to teach that you know monday tuesday wednesday everybody's so crazy hype thursday fatigue comes in and character starts showing now what if that coach is watching you now you know, people don't understand it. They all want, 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 but who is tough enough or trained enough to get through the discomfort zone? So um, I don't know if that answers your questions, but it's, I think it's important information. Consistency is everything. Yeah, I like it. Um, what what goes into the recruiting process um, of an international player? Like, what would they need to know? Well, first, obviously, now it's a different era because there is so many rule changes due to COVID. But in the normal times, they were in the past, and hopefully, it will be in the future. You obviously, you have to have a graduate degree from a high school. You have to meet curriculum classes, uh, which is the I think it's sixteen core classes you have to get through your high school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not going to name them all, but it's obviously foreign language, math. Um, science, social study, and your native language, to, to name a few. Um, and then you have to have a certain grade point average. And based on your grade point average, um, you have to have 
the score that uh, that is high enough for you to be accepted first to NCAA and then to a particular university and that changes from university to university. So that's the academic part. And then uh, obviously it's the basketball part and that's, we've talked about that enough. I think you have to be good enough and you have to be promoted and seen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and I would just add one important thing, uh, Danny, I would add one important thing and I'm not saying going to America is bad. Uh, as far as for promotion, for showing yourself. Um, but over the years, I've I've seen so many failures because kids, like you said, the kids, for example, a kid from Austria, he's good. He thinks he's good. Now he's going to America to show himself. And then the reality struck, he gets murdered. Confidence is gone because reality came so fast. 90% of the players cannot handle it. and. No, they're not getting scholarships. They're returning to Europe broken and worse. So I think that's why we are a very successful bridge because we break down the reality and yet prepare the kids for what's coming. Mm. Yet, and then they can succeed. Um, and the success has been proven. You know, um, we have five Division One universities right now. They have two or more of our players. So our players are succeeding in, in that level and, and the coaches want more. But this is a big mistake, you know, because when you go to high school to show yourself and you don't have the individual skill set to create your shots and play the American game, you just a lot of times get murdered. Unless you are elite, elite European talent, would never recommend, um, you know, go the high school, um, high school way to, you know, to, to show yourself and get scholarship. Okay. I, I, yeah, I, I definitely hear you. Um, how? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. You, you know, you can cut this down later, but uh, sorry. I hope I didn't like hurt your recruiting. You know, but uh, no, 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 not at all. There's just so many of them. No, not at all. And and <laughs> hey, and th- and this is what for me. I want the honesty. I want the kids to you know really understand because you do get a lot of kids coming over. Um, they can hit a three. They can dunk a ball. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, why isn't Coach K calling me to come and play at Duke? You're like, bro, like, come on now. Do you know what I mean? Let's let's get reality. So um, I'm hoping to spread this and, and everyone can um, get an under, even the parents, you know, how many parents, you kind of, you're almost there. Um, how many disillusioned parents do you get through your door of, hey, my little Tomic's great, you know, I think he can play for North Carolina. And you're looking at him like, he can't do a left-handed layup. What What are you talking about? Yes, and it's our job to be the bad guys, devil advocates and give those <laughs> informations and yet not hurt their dreams and try to help them, you know? That's what we do, Danny, and uh, it's okay. It's okay, but the reality hurts sometimes and we have to be careful how we how we make it, uh, how we present it. Hmm. Um, so you kind of touch on it a, a little bit, but how important is education to the whole process? So how important is getting good grades, doing the right classes? Um, it, how does that facilitate, you know, getting a scholarship um, to a school? Well, yeah, it's, uh, there's two main important factors to that. Uh, number one thing is you have to qualify, right, for uh, for the particular um, collegiate level, whether it's, uh, you know, there's many of them, NAIA, NCAA Division II, NCAA Division One. they have different uh, requirements as far as qualifying. Uh, 
but as long as you want to hit those now i i hope i expect you know those informations are um, searchable online this is not a uh, rocket science um it's easy to find out what makes you eligible academically to go to division one division two naia and gcaa which is the junior college so it, that's the one thing to be qualified now a lot of times players make mistake okay i'm a qualified for this level good so i i can just get bad grades here or i don't care anymore oh, well God, yeah. what's important question important question is qualified for the for the ncaa let's say for example that's one part now the other part is get to a particular school and there is a lot of schools that have higher requirements and now if you don't meet those they might want you but you're not going to be able to get in so you're losing the opportunity and you know it, it could happen that we didn't find a school that wanted you um the way these three schools want you but you don't have enough good grades to get there so um not everybody can be straight a students and we understand that but i think striving towards the best grades possible it only increases your um opportunities to get a scholarship or even get an academic scholarship as partial uh, contribution to athletic which is obviously for a little bit lower level talent kids but there's still a significant amount of money to be earned by having a good grades that was amazing that was yeah and that is um we spoke about this last season um about the uh sliding scales and you know being qualified or having the right grades to get into um uh, higher requirements uh for schools for colleges versus just the ncaa i think the ncaa if i'm not mistaken is a 2.3 gpa to play used to be 2.5 they turned it down to 2.3 yeah and division two is 2.0 yeah so you know there's not many schools you know let's say if you do want to go to a duke or a north carolina or i'm sure butler you know you go there with a 2.3 and it's, uh sorry buddy keep it moving so well you know it, it's very individual every school you know it depends how much they want you and how much exceptions they can accept but sometimes i've met many times head coach really really pushed and wanted and the administrations or the dean said no and that has happened uh, multiple times so it is real and um, it is something that kids should start thinking you know about the age 14 15 if that's their dream nice um would you choose a better basketball school or a better academic school or you know which if you was um let's say you were sending your son over um to a school and you had like a really good you know basketball program and you had a really good academic program i understand your question and there is no question the answer is not for everybody it's very simple what is my potential to be a high level professional if, if the percentages are high then i would choose a better basketball school because that's what i'm going to do now if i am you know a guy that might make 1000 euros a month um as a professional basketball player but i have the opportunity to go to i don't know uh, dartmouth yale harvard bucknell whatever you know american university high level institution academically where you can really learn high level stuff academically and then get a high paid job then 
you know, use basketball as a tool to get a better life. And, and it's, uh, it's something that it's, again, evaluation of yourself, of your potential and making a rational decision. I know the passion most of the time kids will pull towards the better basketball school, but what's the reality? You are going to make money playing basketball. You know, I think that's the main question, but that you have to decide at the, at the age of 18. Mm, that's that's a very good and I guess that's a tough a tough realization sometimes of understanding again realization of you know your talents and your your ceiling your potential but I believe that is really tough to be so devote to basketball um you love it you want to travel with it and then deciding that I uh, actually I'm going to go to a better academic school because in the long term, you know, you imagine you being an 18 year old and trying to think of when you're 22, 23, 24. So um, definitely a tough, tough decision. Um, right. So we're going to go into some questions uh, based around coaches. Um, so how can a coach aid the development of a player that wants to get to the States? Hmm. What type of coach are we talking about? Um, let's say team coach. You know, you're a team coach and, you know, how can you aid? Let's say, you know, it's kind of tough because you've got a lot of high level players in your program. But let's say you've got uh, two guys out of your 15 or your 12 or your squad. Um, what's the best way to aid them in, you know, getting a, a scholarship to the States? Well, are we talking about coaches in Guatemala, England, <laughs> Europe, Japan? Coach, because it, 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 it really, America, you know, it, it's a very broad question. But I think no, so. So this is, you know, for our international students. So you know, let's say, as I said, um, let's go back to our kid in Austria. You know, how can a uh, a team coach there um, aid the development of you know uh, a player that wants to go to the states? Well, I don't want to insult anybody, but I'm going to be very honest here. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> the only way the coach can help is if, to know his craft and know his stuff to help him to be a better player. That's it. Okay. Majority of the coaches have, the coaches in Europe, if they do not have a experience what American basketball is about, what the skill set is about, how to acquire that skill set, how to mentally prepare for the game of basketball in America, um, you know, how 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 they can prepare them or aid them first of all they have to win and if they don't have to because they're not professional and they coach younger generations they want to win because mm -hmm. people want to win you know which again i don't want to talk about gba too much but i am the director if somebody loses and we do the right thing with development nobody's in trouble it's a huge benefit whereas you know you can get fired anytime anywhere you know, and um, coaches a lot of times plays winning over development and that I've seen that everywhere. So um, how the coach can aid, you know, if you don't know anything about where the kid wants to go, how are you going to help him get there? That's the reality. And think about you and I when we've met 10, 12 years ago. How, how, would you, how could you help a kid to get to the States? Answer your own question. You, you, you would make him the best he can be. You would try to teach him what you already know. But would that really aid him to get there? Now, 12 years down, when you learn a lot about American basketball, you dare yourself, you study it, I think you can help the, the kid a lot more. <laughs> so the answer is without without hurting anybody's feelings. I'm not saying that those coaches are good or bad. I'm just trying to say there is not really much. You know, it's like 
it's like if you if, if you have a BMW and it break down, you're not gonna go to a car dealership for Škoda to fix it. You know, you have to look you have to look where they can help you with the with what you want and what you need. That's that's very simple as that. Yeah, I I, I agree with that, um, and I think sometimes and this might be controversial in itself, but sometimes I think to aid a player's development, sometimes you have to move them on. Sometimes a coach realizing that, hey, I don't have the infrastructure, I don't have the network, I don't have the, uh, as you said, the knowledge of how to best serve, you know, a, a player with a tremendous talent. Um, and it's not just about, you know, I can keep a really good kid with me in my program and we can win all our games, but that's not going to benefit him. So I think being selfless and being a really good coach, in my opinion, is understanding, you know, that you're not uh, adept, you know, you're not equipped with with enough information and needing to move him on to a different program. Yes, I wouldn't say it any better, Danny. This is the key and I've met people and situations where coaches were exactly like you described. And then I've met situations and people that would like try to convince the kid about everything but the truth to stay. So. You know, everybody's got to make their own decisions about what coaching is about um, and, and and then go from there. Um, do you uh, do you think you need to predominantly focus on um, a prospective college recruit um, during practices and games to, to help them get sent to a, to a school? So again, if we go back to our, uh, let's go Germany. Um, you know, you're, you've got a club in Germany and you've got this one kid who's really good. As a coach, should I just spend all my efforts running all my offenses, uh, focusing my practice solely around? Like, is that me doing my job correctly or should I spread the time out? Should I, you know, be a bit more holistic in my approach? In, in general, I don't know. I don't know any places in Europe that would have this one guy and ran him, ran offense through him and do everything for him for the sole purpose of him going to the college. You know, if you have a top level player in European setup, you probably training him to become a pro, period. Okay. You know, if you yeah. ask Spanish clubs or even German clubs, you know, the top clubs, um, where, you know, where is this top guy going? So we hope he's gonna, you know, sign with us. That's that's what they want. That's 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 why they're doing the, the youth development part. So, I don't think that how they use the player offensively or how 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 they making him better is connected to getting to the states. Now here possibly it could be, um, or other places like let's say HBA in in Finland where they really focus on development first and then they are very open to United States. That's that. Those are the situations that are very unique, um, but I don't see it broadly over in Europe that is done this way for this purpose. I don't see it. Okay, okay. Um, what's the best way, you know? And I guess more me thinking back to you know, twelve years ago um, and 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 before that. But what's the best way for a uh, for a coach or a young coach? to contact a college about a player that they think is a, a good prospect? What's the first step? Um, now, this is very difficult because um, 
you can reach out and you might hit a jackpot with an assistant or director of operations that might have the time or he's a good guy and he'll answer you. But your chances of succeeding um, are very, very low in in getting the player over there. Why? Um, because if you have to do the reaching outs, um, it means that the player is mid, mid to low level uh, as far as Europe. If you have an elite player in Europe, um, national team leader, you know, Eurospects top 40 or Eurohopes top 40, or he's playing for a respectable club, um, he's, he's somewhat already known, you know. Um, there's this whole, um, there's a lot of agencies out there that do the promotions. There is agent that 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 already you know trying to play with the parents uh, and and the player. Even though obviously it might not be official deal because that would make the players ineligible. But uh, you know if you are the coach somewhere in the middle of let's say Poland, reaching out to colleges by emails and cold calling, um, you would have to be really devoted guy to do that because you're your chance to succeed is you send 100 emails, you might get three responses. It's all about relationships, Danny. You know, who can you call that they can trust? You know, because at the end of the day, for every player that the university signs internationally, they have 10 international players on the table offered by somebody. And they're going to go with who they trust, uh, who they believe is the best fit for them. And, um, you know, Nobody will take a player through a cold email sent over a player from a coach that they respect or that they know or the program that they know or the, their own evaluation of the player, whether it's live or, or multiple tapes. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, it is tough. And yeah, as we kind of said at the start of this segment, kind of got to make that. I would, give one, I would give one advice, you know, if, if, if you are one of the, not you, but if there yeah, is yeah. coach that have limited opportunities to do this, um, then, you know, develop relationships, you know, um, reach out to coaches for not to promote a player, but to let them know that you are in a program that, that might produce a player or go and travel, visit tournaments, you know, just relationships is everything like in any business. So that, that, that would be the advice, not sending cold emails with a highlight link, to anybody because the chances are they, they're not even going to look at it, you know? Very true. Um, controversial question. What's the worst thing a coach can do for a player that wants to go to the States? Kill his confidence. And that happens in Europe a lot, you know, by yelling, screaming, telling them you know good not considering psychology or mental development of a player in a young age. And then, I mean, you don't understand how many players comes to GBA and they are talented and they think they think of themselves like they nothing, you know? And it's, it's very sad across the coaching, um, you know, across the coaching in Europe or anywhere in the world for that matter. Europe obviously is the specialty, but um, yeah, if I would have to say it's, it's um, not, taking their confidence, not supporting their future and telling them that they can be somebody that's number one. And number two is obviously not allowing the size shoot the ball. That has happened a lot too. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen that even at the pros when I started out and seeing a, um, a couple of the, the pros who, you know, their game's comfortable and they shoot the ball and the coach is yanking them or they shoot the ball and they're looking over to see if they're being subbed out. 
Um, yeah, killing confidence is, uh, is, 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 a, is a bad, it's an easy way to crush a player's development. Um, here's one for you as well, might be controversial for yourself. Um, would you say the, object, the objective of a good program should be to send players to the States? No. Okay. Now, objective of a good program is to take a player at certain level and in a certain period of time is to make that level higher. Now, whether that's higher division within that country or a scholarship in the United States or even high level basketball in, in, in the continent, I think that's a, a credibility to the institutions. Now, I've talked about the players we've sent to the professional, to the uh, American basketball, but we have way over 10 uh, way over 10 players in a professional basketball, you know, playing in a VTB league, Euro league, uh, Spanish league, top leagues in Latvia, Germany, Ukraine. Like, we have professionals. So I'm not the one who says come to GBA or come and go to States. It's the best thing for you. I actually, might, I actually think now that for some players, it's not the best. So I don't know if it's controversial. The truth is, you know, it's not an amount of titles, especially in the youth. We have many Czech titles, but that's not something you see that we market. You know, we are proud of the players that came at level five and left level nine. I think that's what it's all about. I appreciate that. I like that. And um, it kind of, for me, it kind of makes it a bit more wholesome, the coaching experience, because you care about the individual, wherever they reach, it's down to them and how much work they put in. But as coaches are driving for, should just be, hey, let's just get them to get as closer to their ceiling um, and achieve their potential as possible. So yeah, I, I really, yeah, I do value that um, answer. Um, last few, um, and I'm really enjoying this. Um, I'm really enjoying you being down the line as always, but you know, being able to share it is, is great. Um, views on college basketball. So um, what's your views on the different levels of college basketball? Is junior college bad? And are you a failure if you don't go to division one? Well, so first question um, was the levels, you know, um, there is high major levels, which is about 70 teams in the United States. And I think that's a professional basketball. If um, you're just pursuing high major, which is one of those plus minus 70 schools, you know, if you're good enough to play there early, you should be good enough to sign a pretty good contract in Europe. And that's the fact. So a lot of kids make that mistake going to high major because they see the potential, but the potential will never be developed because at that level, coaches are such a significantly paid people that if they don't win today, they might be fired and they don't care about your development. If you're not good enough, they'll sign somebody else. That's very important. Now, mid-major, it can be tricky because uh, mid-major is a lot of times they will beat the high majors because they have good system, good coaching and good development, uh, but not everywhere. And then obviously low majors are tricky because sometimes it's the best place for you to play early. But some of the programs are, you know, um, losing a lot, you know, not winning, negative environment. Um, it could be also tricky. So to answer how do I see the levels? You can find the good and the bad situation at all levels. Uh, I think I can talk about that for hours, but I think that's how I would sum it up. 
if I'm not mistaken, your second question is, um, is junior college bad? Would you say junior college no, is bad? No, it's not bad at all. If you're not the guy that you can be overlooked, you know, you might be good enough, but there's a lot of good enough people out there. You might be overlooked. You might miss your opportunities. You might be injured. You might have the academic issues. And if you are, or you might have the language issues. If you are one of those guys, then junior college is the great way for you. If the America is your dream or, and that's what you want. So, and there is some great junior colleges as far as the level of basketball they play and level of talent they have. Sometimes even more than division one schools, because like I said, the academic issue remains constant and junior colleges are the repairing system of that. So there's a lot of players in America that are extremely talented, have to go to Juco route. So I wouldn't say it's bad, but there are certain situations in Juco basketball that I would call bad and, and okay. not necessarily for, you know, the players they have, but the way they structure everything from facilities, practices, you know, the whole the whole basketball structure, you know, so um, I don't know. I, I, I hope that answers. That yeah, answer. definitely. Definitely. There's a um, stigma. I know I've heard it over the last, let's say, seven or eight years. Um, parents and players not wanting to go to Juco. Um, I had a, a kid here and, and when I when we first started talking about the possibility of him going just because he hasn't been playing structured basketball for a very long time. I said, hey, junior college would probably be a good route for you to go get acclimated to, to, to college basketball, blah, blah, blah. Um, I know he was against it. His mum was against it, blah, blah, blah. So I know there's a lot of individuals that hear junior college and they instantly shut off. So that's why I always tend to ask that question. Um, so it, goes back, it goes back to how good you are. Are you qualified? Is your English good? Are you good enough? Then, 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 then put your terms on the table. I understand. But to be good enough, that makes you one of the top thousand players in the world. If you're one of the top thousand players in the world in a particular age, then you can say, I don't want you. I understand. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, and last bit of that question was, um, would you consider a player a failure if they didn't go to Division One? Absolutely not. It's like, this is ridiculous. Like if somebody would say I'm a failure signing a division two scholarship, then I say, all right, so you are one of the top 2000 players in the world. There's about <laughs> 10 million of them that failed to get where you are. Uh, if you consider that a failure now, in the sense that you're going to work hard to maybe get there later or be somebody, but it's okay not to lose the motivation or the chip on the shoulder. But to say it's a failure, uh, sometimes it's better to go Division Two than Division One for many reasons. You play earlier, you might develop better. Uh, it might be a winning culture. I'd rather win 25 games as a person in Division Two in a good program than lose 30 in Division One. Sorry. You know, it's, it's very individual. Um, and I asked that question again just because I'm sure over your years, you've had the players that have come into your program and looked you in the eye and say, hey coach, I'm a D1 player, I'm a D1 athlete. Or the parents come to you and say, hey, I want to go to D1. And you look at them and you go, oh, well, I think maybe you should go to D2. And they're like, you know, they look down upon you like, you know, D2 or D3, like it's an issue. So that's why I always, you know, that's why I ask that question because I don't think um, 
parents who don't have a full comprehensive understanding of the, the system and players, you know, they don't understand that, hey, D2 is good, the D3 is good. Wherever you can get in and play, I think that's a great level. Well, I, I completely can see what you're talking about. Now, luckily, we are in here in a situation where uh, it doesn't happen anymore to us because okay. we have sent, I think, 17 Division One players in the last three years. So we have every year a significant amount of Division One players. And if somebody that is not a Division One player tells me, hey, I am a Division One player, first of all, I give him the specific, <laughs> specific uh, numbers statistically or skill-wise or whatever, why he's not. And then if he continues to pursue that, I'll let him compete with the Division One guy in the academy. And then, you know, if he continuously is better than the guy, then he's a Division One guy. As simple as that. Mm, change very, very. You know what I'm saying? You, are you better than this guy? If he says yes, okay, show me every day for five days straight. If he does that, then he is. And and my job as a coach is to deliver that for him. But if he says I'm a Division One this, I'm Division that, then in the practice he gets murdered. You know, I'll show him on tape. You got murdered. Are you are you going to fight me on this? There is really we have the tools to explain, but I can understand how this can be an issue in a lot of different places. Yeah. Um, now, not that you're coaching professionally, but you deal you work with professionals. Now, as guys return home from college, um, are they stand out than the guys that didn't go to college? If that makes sense. So the guys that are returning, you know, if they spent four years playing collegiate basketball versus the guy that stayed, you know, local or domestic, or whatever, are the guys that come back, are they genuinely better than those that stayed? Well, it's an unfair question for a very simple reason. If I'm recruiting somebody that has finished college in America, um, it's either because he would be local from Czech basketball, which means he has value in the country, or uh, he was dominant in America. Okay. In, in the particular setting he was so you know that guy that was dominant in the college is probably better than the guys that stayed behind in, in in the country but for every one two dominant players from every university there is 10 to 12 guys that haven't been dominant and are have they got better as much as the guys that stayed that's question to be answered and it's very individual so it's not it's an unfair question for me to say but uh, because of this this explanation i would say okay um uh, great question um want to hear your thoughts does an extremely talented player have to go to college in the states to be successful um and how much do you value the domestic route of staying either in your home country or staying in europe I don't think it's important how much I, I value it. But the answer to your question is if you say extremely talented player, I think that it deserves more definition. You know, is he a player that can sign a three-year guarantee deal in one of the top leagues in Europe? If that's the case, then going to America is absolutely makes no sense. Absolutely no sense. Now, if you're a mid-level talent, it really depends on the development structure that is offered to you in European setting and the money obviously behind it. Um, but, you know, are you this type of guy? Let's say you can sign a three-year deal for 40,000 euros together, right? Is that better than going to the States? Well, in Europe, you can play Division A 
if you don't play, you practice with the men's team, make money, and you can play Division B, right? Okay, Every team yeah. has fun. If you go to high major, because this type of level of a talent, let's say 40,000 euro deal, you are probably capable of going to high majors in America. But now what if you get there, the culture, the style of play, the skill set, we've talked about it today, right? Now you find yourself not good enough. What's going to happen if you don't play for a year or two? Where's your development as a player? So, again, we could talk about this question alone for an hour. Uh, that's how important it is, and that's how many people I've seen made bad decisions. But um, if you're extremely, extremely talented, college is absolutely not must-go way for you to develop. Okay, perfect. I like it. Um and can you tell me or can you give me the negatives of going to play collegiate basketball? I guess you kind of just touched on it in terms of not getting the development, but would you can you identify any other negatives of of going to play ball in the states? Well, there's going to be tough times, you know. Anybody that came from America had experienced tough times, whether it was cultural or whether it was financial, whether it was, you know, loneliness, different different attitudes, different language. I mean, there's there's a lot of different factors that can create, you know, uncomfortable situation. If you get injured, your mom's not there next day, you know, there's just a lot of things. And I've experienced a lot of them. And if you're not mentally tough enough or strong or ambitious enough to get through those things, America can be brutal to you. Mm, hey. I mean, I've heard, I've, I've uh, not even released yet, but I've got some stories of, of kids who have gone through the wars and you're like, wow, do, dealing with that when you're 18, 19 and, and 5,000, 6,000 miles away from home in a different time zone is, yeah, it's, it is tough. So yeah, you have got to be resilient. You've got to have the, I guess, the personality first and foremost, um, the, t the determination to stick it out and stuff. So. Um, yeah, it, it can be. America can be a rough place if you're not ready. You, you said you wanted stories, yes. So yes, I'll give please. You, I'll just give you illustrate the two that I what I was just talking about. So I was, I mean, I don't want to talk about myself, but I was a pretty good prospect to make a, you know, to make a good professional basketball contract. What level I'm not going to talk about, but I, I consider myself to be the potential for highest. So when I got injured in Clemson, I transferred to Butler after surgery, but I was not sure about what's going on. When Butler examined my knee, uh, I went to the Colts doctor. It was the best knee doctor in Indianapolis. Um, I was there for seven days and with complete strangers, the right medical person from, uh, from Butler, doctor I've never met. And I asked, okay, so he's going to tell me what's with my knee. Yes, he's the best. So he comes into the ambulance and says, um, all right, I was like, doc, what's up? When can I start? He says, um, you might never play again. And I saw myself in the NBA, making a lot of money, being the player. This is the, and I didn't know like what to do. Do I trust this guy? Like they'd say he's the best. I, I didn't know what to do. Like my mother nowhere, father nowhere, no family, no friends. Um, you know, a, a stranger next to me telling me it would be okay. It was a tough situation. And then the other one is like, I was gonna fly for Christmas to my host family that lived in Pennsylvania. And um, I don't know if you've met Sandy or not, but uh, on the Christmas Eve 24th, I got stuck because of snowstorm. So I returned to my apartment 
where everybody left for Christmas and I found out my roommate did not pay the bill for electricity and we got shut off. So it's Christmas Eve, nine o'clock and I'm by myself in an apartment that has nine degrees. Oh, I slept in, yeah. And I, I think it was, a, it was 2004 Christmas. So, you know, now you being a, a family type of dude that loves that type of environment and gifts and dinner and family, you sitting by yourself in an apartment that has 10 degrees. And I didn't want to call anybody because I don't want to, you know, it was, not, I don't feel like it was proper thing to do to bother people on a Christmas Eve. Uh, so I suck it up. You know, and I went through and I slept in the winter jacket and the next day I called everybody to try to get it fixed. And actually one of my friends from school took me to their family. So I spent that Christmas day with completely strangers. So those are just the two on top of my head. And like, if you really are not strong enough mentally to get through situations like this, you might want to consider twice to do it. Now, I don't regret it. It made me who I am and I love the experience. But like I said, you know, it's not for everybody. Coach, I, that is, um, you know, those two. I know about the injury one, but I didn't know about the Christmas one. And um, yeah, I, a lot of these kids go through these these situations, and you know, it's not just the glitz and glamour of hey, I can dunk a ball, I can hit a three, sign me up to somewhere. So um, definitely appreciate you sharing that. Um, last question, and I'm sad that you know we've got to conclude, but uh, last question. Um, what advice would you give to someone who is uh, 14 um, and they, they're they aspiring to become a collegiate athlete? What would you, you know, what, what advice would you give them? Um, I know it's going to sound cheesy, but be an, every, be an everyday guy, you know? Be an everyday guy and ask yourself every night, was I today the best I could be in my approach and in my work ethic? If you do that, that's the first step. Second is seek the best that can help you get there. Because what people teach you during those four years is so important. Yeah, I um, I appreciate that. And, and that's really, um, hopefully that hits home for somebody um, 14, 15, you know, um, as they're getting older, I know the chances go down a little bit if they're starting on the ladder. But yeah, just being consistent, as you said, you've mentioned a couple of times, um, being coachable um, and being a sponge. I think those are some qualities that, you know, um, you can't go wrong with, you know, just being able to listen and being available. Um, Jules, my guy, coach, I really, 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 really appreciate your time. Um, some real great insight, um, some amazing information. Um, and just for anyone that's interested in finding out more information about, you know, your academy and stuff, um, you know, where can we find you? Well, the best way would be probably Instagram uh, or Facebook. We are actually redoing um, our website. So that, that should be up soon. But um, yeah, our contact information is up there. And if anybody wants to talk to us, hit up Coach D. He has my number too. You know? <laughs> so, Danny, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, it's, it's, it's great to see what you're doing and what you're trying to do. And best of luck with it. And if you need anything, and as far as you're stepping, just let me know, man. Hey, so I'm Julian Becco uh, from Get Better Academy. You've been watching the Euro Stepping, a great podcast show hosted by 
Coach D, um, work hard and don't forget that whether you believe you can or you can't, you are right. Appreciate you watching the Eurostepping. I want to thank everybody for watching Eurostepping. Watching the Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. You've been watching the Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. You've been watching the Eurostepping, a great podcast show hosted by Coach D.